Welcome to the latest episode of Oxygen Starved, the podcast that brings you your ABCs, adventure, books, and conversations from 11,000 feet with your esteemed hosts, Dr. Stacy Adler of the Mono County Office of Education and Mr. Christopher Platt of the Mono County Free Library. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Oxygen Starved Podcast, where we bring you your ABCs, adventures, books, and conversations from 11,000 feet. I'm your co-host, Stacy, and we have with me... Your co-host, Christopher. And with us, as always, is producer Doug. Hi, hey, Doug. Hey, Doug. Hey, guys. Hey, there. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm ready for the weekend. Me, too. Yeah, right. It's not a long weekend this weekend, though, unfortunately. It's just, it is. (laughs) It's a weekend nonetheless. This is true. And and no snow this weekend (laughs) for the first time in weeks. Yeah. We should remind our listeners we record on Fridays, which is great because I like spending my Friday afternoon with the two of you guys and our guests. Um, And we have just come through that probably the last of the last bang of the atmospheric rivers. Yes. Fingers crossed for a while. That's what the weather service says. And we are still digging out. Yeah. So. Uh, and, but, you know, the beautiful thing is I looked at the forecast. It's supposed to be sunny in the mid-30s, inching up to the upper 30s into next week. So it's yay for every all of that. <laughs> Always a silver lining, right? It's, well, yeah, I mean... If we, I think everybody had a collective PTSD reminder mm-hmm. of, you know, the COVID shutdown mm-hmm. during these last storms and they were so concentrated and, you know, right on top of each other that it was kind of like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? <laughs> well, you know what my reaction to that was? We went south. Yes, you did. So you had a really nice adventure out of this craziness. You know, we spent, you know, we, the highways were shut down. I yeah. was going on and looking at the Caltrans traffic cameras, which are hugely valuable Caltrans. Thank you. Yes. Like, just looking at the road conditions on who can get where for work and everything. And it did become just exhausting after a while. Yeah. And, and so for one of the long weekends, uh, Wills, my partner, was going down for an Inyo Associates dinner in Death Valley. And he's like, well, maybe, you know, we didn't travel anywhere after Christmas. Maybe just take some of that money and go stay in Death Valley for a couple nights. So that's what we did. We that's so... And so did you stay at the Oasis? We did. We stayed at the Inn at Furnace Creek or the Oasis, that yeah. historic 1920s, you know... Building, yes. building. And can I just tell you, it was a, the thing I was looking for, forward to most. You know, we used to travel quite a bit. Yeah. And we haven't traveled a whole lot recently. And I was looking forward to having someone else serve dinner mm-hmm. and someone else bring me a cocktail. And that happened. So. Yay. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't that building kind of give you... Um, because this is the way it makes me feel, like the cover of the Hotel California album vibes. Oh, totally. You know? Yeah, it does. You could totally see that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love that hotel. You know, me I, too. I think if I remember it correctly, it was built by one of the Borax companies back when they mm-hmm. were making Borax in Death Valley as yep. a way to bring tourists in mm-hmm. and, and have other people explore the valley for other reasons than just mining and... Um, you know, it's been restored and expanded and, yes. and it's heavily used now. We were lucky to get a couple room for a couple of nights. And the other thing is I grew up in Inyo County and, you know, we had gone to the Eureka Sand Dunes as kids and I'm sure mm-hmm. as a kid we went to Death Valley. I don't remember it, but this was my first adult trip 
deep into Death Valley, you know, yes. beyond just Darwin Falls and Panamint Valley and right. things there, like going over the Panamint Range and down into Death Valley mm. proper, where mm-hmm. there's all the stuff that you see, right? Yes. The touristy stuff now. Mm-hmm. So we got to do that, you know, go down to the Badlands, the lowest point in the contiguous uh-huh. states. And, you know, you're down there looking at the salt on the <laughs> on the ground, right. looking up at the snow on the mountains. And it's kind of like this surreal surreal thing and then you know we did some hikes up the gulches and canyons you know like where they film star wars right and all that kind of stuff which is all all fun and um artists palette i was really blown away just by the geography and geology yes. of, yeah of death valley so. it's really beautiful did you do any were you able to do any like stargazing or did you have clouds at night the first night we had clouds but then it cleared up and there was stargazing and Interesting you bring that up because at the Inyo Associates dinner that we went to in, in stove type stove pipe, pipe. wells mm-hmm. on the Monday evening we were down there, the local park superintendent came to kind of just give the group an update. Because you know, right. Inyo, 47% of Inyo County is Death Valley. Really? Is, I didn't realize that much. It's the largest national park in the contiguous states. Wow. It's like the size of Connecticut. Wow. And most of it is in Inyo County, a little bit yeah. in Nevada, a little right. bit in San Bernardino. Um, but yeah, so that state park superintendent came and told us a little bit about the valley mm-hmm. itself and what he's going through. And one of the things he pointed out is in February each year, and this year I think it's February 10th, the weekend of February 10th, mm-hmm. they do a star, a, a night sky festival. Uh-huh. Oh, you how know, cool. Where, where you can go down there and you can really explore, explore the night sky from with no light competition, right? Yeah, right. Which is really, really powerful. And, you know, some of the other stuff he told us is... Um, you know, he's, it's massive. So the recent storms came yeah. through. They had storms over the, the summer that wiped out a bunch of roads. Yeah. His, so much of his job to me seems to be road maintenance. <laughs> he's got a thousand <laughs> miles worth of roads to deal with. Yeah, they had a major closure of accessibility to yeah. Death Valley. Yeah. 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 And so they had to work to get all that done and that repaired. Um and then, like, protecting the scenery and, you know, tourists who don't know better will go up to the racetrack, mm-hmm. which is where the rocks right. slide across the ground mysteriously. And they will not think any better and drive out there on on there with their rental cars right. and leaving tracks of their own that shouldn't be there. Or, um, you know, he kind of mentioned that the military base is nearby and sometimes planes will crash. Yeah. And, you know, please don't pl- crash your planes in Death Valley. Yeah. Do it where it's not going to have lasting mark on a national monument. Um, but, you know, he is, is, it's just such a variety of stuff down there. There's the indigenous history there mm-hmm. with the Timboni Shoshone. Right. Um, there's the Devil's Hole Pupfish, which is like this unique little blue pupfish that lives down there, which he talked mm. about, which is fascinating. And he gets to do all of this as part of his job. Oh, cool. In a size of the, the the country that's the size of the state of Connecticut. Like Connecticut. Yeah. He could be a governor himself, right. basically. That's right. kind of the scope that he had. And he had a lot of good stories to, to talk about. And, you know, some surprising things, like the burrows that the miners brought mm-hmm. back in the day, they've stayed there. Yeah. They, their population is bolstering and they're kind of forcing out the bighorn sheep and others Interesting. from the water sources. Wow. And then marijuana growers, illegal marijuana growers are still a thing. Wow. And Death Valley is a place where they like to find hidden canyons and set up 
marijuana oh, plantation. So that's the newest thing that, he, that huh. they are dealing with. So one tidbit that I will leave our listeners with, I was at this dinner and I was talking with another woman who works with him mm-hmm. at Scotty's Castle. She's been living in the Valley for 17 years. Her name is Abby. She's lived in parks all over the country. I was wow. like, well, what do you, what is the most surprising thing that those of us who don't know mm-hmm. is a, is about like, you know, the living in Death Valley year round? Yeah. What, what would surprise us? And she pointed out, you know, I learned to turn my water heater off in the hot months. I was like, well, why? Oh. She's like, well, you know, there's never cold water out of a tap in Death Valley among the population who lives there. Right. right. Um, and so in the hot months, the cold water coming out of your tap is it's, about 108 degrees. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't yeah. just shove your that, finger in there for a refreshing glass. That's not even glass. cool water. Not even. <laughs> so she says, you know, the trick is you turn your, your water heater off and then that container, the water that's in there kind of just naturally cools, cools and you kind of have some tepid cool water out of your hot tap during the summer while hot water comes out of your cold tap. And I thought, you know, yeah, that's something I would never have known. No. You know, and that's Or you never would think of that. That people have to do that. Yeah, exactly. And so it really is an extreme place. You know, temperatures is the hottest place on the planet in the summer. So Um, yeah. And some of the coldest temperatures in the winter. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's, but you know, it was delightful, you know, all props out to people in the Eastern Sierra who were going through the snowstorm and the negative 20 degree temperatures in Bridgeport the other day. Right. But it was nice to be on the terrace of the Inn at Furnace Creek, (laughs) sipping a martini in 70 degree weather, you know, thinking, okay, this is only two hours away from home. (laughs) Why don't I come here more often? Yeah. So, um, yeah, listeners, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with Death Valley already, but if you're not, it's, I just want to remind you, I think it's, I was visually just stunned into like just amazement of just the whole area. There's a reason it's a, it's a national park. Yeah. And uh, just really interesting, rich, historical place to to visit as well. Yeah. And then driving out, you drive back out towards Owens Lake. Right. And you're coming down that grade back into the Owens Valley. And you're looking at the wall of the Sierra Nevada. Yes. Which right now is solid white. Right. And it is just the most amazing sight. Like no camera, I think, could capture it. The, no. The vastness of a wall of Sierra Nevada mountains all covered in snow right now. So, yeah, it's it amazing. Nice, nice place to visit. Absolutely. And if you're hardy and willing to deal with tepid water in July, <laughs> it can be a place to live, too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Not for the faint of heart, though. Not for the faint of heart. Exactly. Very cool. Well, listeners, hang tight. We'll be right back. You're dialed in to Oxygen Starved, the podcast that brings you your ABCs, adventure, books, and conversations from 11,000 feet, originating from the slopes of Mammoth Mountain in Mono County, California. You can find us at SoundCloud. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us at OxygenStarvedPodcast.com. Just make sure you find us. Welcome back, listeners. We are at the B portion, the book portion of our podcast, where Stacey and I chat books. And this time, we decided to read the same book. A very long book. <laughs> a doorstop of a book. A huge weightlifting book. Yeah, you get your you get your exercise in with this book. So, listeners, we decided to read John Irving's latest novel, The Last Chairlift. 
It's 912 pages. (laughs) And, you know, could qualify probably for its own ski lift ticket at Namek because it is pretty, pretty long and pretty dense. The look, it's John Irving is a major American author, major American novelist, and he is of that Herman Wolk school of paid by the page, probably. Um. <laughs> yeah, mad, mad props and mad respect to John Irving, who's like in his 80s. Yeah. And, you know, God bless him for putting writing this book. <laughs> I think. Oh, I think so, too. And, and one of the reasons we chose it, obviously, we live next to world-class ski resorts, Mammoth, June Lake, and skiing factors heavily in this story. And so Mm -hmm. uh, we thought we could not let this new book that came out, you know, uh, just a few months ago Mm -hmm. go by without us uh, giving it a read. Absolutely. Yes. There's, There's a lot of ski town culture in this book that translates to... Mammoth Lakes, where, oh, sure. you know, where we live. I think a lot of people for sure. would, would recognize it. So what I thought uh, I would I would do at the beginning of this conversation is kind of set the, set the tone yep. for who John Irving is. For some of the listeners who may not be as familiar, his, probably, his biggest heyday was probably in the 80s and early 90s. And mm-hmm. then um, he's been coming back recently. He broke out in the 70s with The World According to Garp. Um, and then, you know, had some successes afterwards, including Hotel New Hampshire, A Prayer for Owen Meany, yeah. which personally is one of my favorite novels of all time. Cider House Rules, which was made into a movie. An ex- uh, excellent movie. Ex- Academy Award. He yeah. won an Academy Award for that a screenplay adaptation, Widow from One Year, and a number of other novels. But I think that was those were probably the biggest of his career, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I would say. And all of those were made into, made into movies. He um, is from New Hampshire, um, specifically Exeter, New Hampshire. So a lot of his stories are set in that area, yeah. either explicitly Exeter or it's implied, you know, you're in New England, um, small town New England. He now lives in Canada. Um, he was, uh, well, more than going into who he was, I will say that there are some characteristics of a John Irving novel yes. that, that come up in all of his, almost all of his novels. And many of them are somewhat autobiographical. Yeah. So he, uh, was raised by a stepfather. His own father left before he was born. So he never knew his biological father. And Which is, is one of the tropes of his books. <laughs> he was a, a wrestler at Phillips mm-hmm. Exeter Academy. So wrestling features in most of his books. Um, so, it, you know, uh, I think he's in been inducted into the Wrestling Hall of Fame mm-hmm. because they acknowledge that he writes about it so much. And then just some other tropes like, um, you know, some implied almost taboo crossing relationships between family members. So here in this book that we'll talk about, you know, there's a scene where his mother kisses him while he's a boy. That's yes. a little bit too much. In Hotel New Hampshire, there was a closer than close relationship between a teen brother and sister. Um, Irving himself has talked about being sexually abused when he was 11 years old. Um, so there's that kind of stuff going on. Bears, you know, whenever someone's <laughs> reading a new John Irving novel, I ask, where does the bear come in? Mm-hmm. Um, his first book was Setting Free the Bears about um, Vienna post-World War II when they released all the animals from the zoo. zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so ever since then, there's always been like a bear sighting yep. in his book. <laughs> this holds true here. <laughs> kind of like Alfred Hitchcock 
you know, doing a cameo in his movie. <laughs> Where is he going to show up? A lot of his books feature are set in or feature hotels, and this one's no exception. Yep. Skiers, of course. He's got two grandkids on the U.S. ski team, I believe. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he has um, uh, uh, quite a bit of characters and personal experience um, with people from different um gender or sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. So he's got trans characters in his books. His daughter turned out to be trans. Um, he is strongly pro-abortion, women's rights, and sexual tolerance in a, a stream of through all of his books. He has yes. two gay siblings. His mother was a nurse assistant in the pre-Roe versus Wade era when she was doing clinical counseling to young often unwed, often teenage mothers. Um, so, you know, that's kind of the background that mm -hmm. he brings to his storytelling yes. and that often comes out. Do you think that comes out in this story? I absolutely yeah. think it comes out in, you know, numerous, almost every point that you just hit on <laughs> comes out in this in this 912-page <laughs> book um how many pages <laughs> 900 no. uh, it's a long book just, no it's a long book you know you don't see books this long that much anymore but you know he said um you know to to your last point about his common themes in an interview with outside magazine he said that he wanted adam who's the protagonist in mm -hmm. in the last chairlift um he wanted adam to be the only straight character dealing with all of these queer characters around him and what that bring out what that felt like for for adam to have that right. empathy and understanding and um, he did it beautifully. You think he succeeded? In I that? absolutely think yeah. he succeeded. And I love, you know, we, the, go up, ahead. Can you set up the story a little bit? Sure. So Adam is the protagonist. The story starts when he's a little boy. We learn that he does not know who his father, he's illeg illegitimate. He does not know who his father is. His mother, little Ray, mm -hmm. who is a skier. Is a skier. And a ski instructor. Um, leaves Adam for half of the year to go teach skiing and Adam stays with his grandparents um, and his cousin and his two uncles and two aunts and they are just... A cast of characters. A cast of characters. Um, and so, that you know, and then as the book goes on, Adam grows up and faces, you know, challenges of having this kind of half orphan life, yeah. but yet his mother who, who loves him, he is her one and only is how she refers to him throughout the entire book. And, um, his mother eventually meets who they referred to the, as the snowshoer mm -hmm. who's Mr. Barlow and she marries Mr. Barlow. And then later on in the novel, Mr. Barlow transitions to a woman and I think that the way that John Irving treats that transition is beautiful. Yeah, I agree. And so done with such love and respect and the way that he mixes Mr. Call being that Mr. Barlow loves everyone who loves him, calling him Mr. Barlow, despite the fact that he is in full dress as a woman and 
wants to be treated as such. And the way he he interweaves the feminine pronouns with the name Mr. Barlow, I just thought it was magical. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think he handled it expertly or mm-hmm. conveyed it expertly, I guess is the better word. You know, he had a trans character, Roberta, in World According Could to Garp, Garp right. um, which was kind of very new at the time. That yeah. was the 70s. And then that was even before his daughter was born. And then he had kids and right. his daughter trans, uh, transitioned. Mm-hmm. And I think that probably created a, a respect and an understanding and an empathy for what that process is and who those people who go through that process oh, are. Probably, yes. I think that probably informed this. I, I'm sure, I'm sure that it did. And, you know, it, it seems like today there's people, you and I were talking about this bef- a couple days ago that people of, of our age, middle age people are this struggle with this whole idea of kids transitioning and, mm-hmm. you know, deciding in high school that they are the other mm-hmm. gender and going by the they pronoun or what mm-hmm. have we, how we struggle with that mm-hmm. or people of our age struggle with that. This is done so smoothly and seamlessly. It's like, this, it's almost like a primer. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, a, it's instructive for, it, it shouldn't be a question. It's just, it yeah. just should be what it is. This is an 80 year old and we're not 80. So right. we should, we should at least be able to get there. But he, he doesn't in his interviews talk about how the language has changed, right? It's no longer yes. just cross gesturing or transvestite. Right. It's, it's more subtle and more nuanced and more meaningful. So, yep. and he's able to, to convey that at least that portion of the story very nicely. Yeah, absolutely. And I did, I did love the, the kind of the arc of the Adam character and how he does navigate all, all of this craziness around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the antics of the family <laughs> were quite, Crazy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's typical John Irving to yeah. me. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of the appeal of some of his novels. Um, I also liked the arc of the character and that it was a very, uh, almost a romantic cleft from that perspective, right? He, yes. It's a, he's a writer and a screenwriter who's won an Academy Award and now he's getting older. Right. Which is exactly John Irving, right? Right, absolutely. And so I kind of felt that Adam was kind of like a little bit of a mirror reflection perhaps of John Irving and his own outlook on and, life. And, and, how, and then how Adam navigates being a parent. Right. You right. know, I, I, I loved the, the not having had great role models Mm -hmm. that is, you know, that Adam did not have great role models for parent, you know, or, or anything for a father. Right. Um, he, he brings such, you know, warmth and love to his, his son. And I, I love that relationship. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. And then there's, uh, another kind of quasi character in the book in that there's a hotel in right. Aspen, Colorado, which is a real hotel. A real hotel. I know. I want it. I haven't looked it up, but I want to. Is it the Hotel Jerome? <laughs> Jerome. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as in many of his books, hotels feature prominently. And, you know, he's talked about, uh, I bring that up because he has talked about in some descriptions of this book, it's kind of 
a, not a ghost story, but it's a story with ghosts. ghosts. Right. Right. And yes. so there are portions or, or places in the story where ghosts factor in. Well, it's kind of funny because in our last segment, we talked about the, the inn at, mm-hmm. you know, Death Valley and, or the Oasis, however right. it's called right now. And I, knowing that you were there when I was reading this book, I was, I had this image in my head of the, the Oasis kind of like the Hotel Jerome <laughs> kind of looking like the Oasis, just like being this really old right. hotel that has hosted lots of people from Hollywood right. and has all that kind of mystique about it. Right. And I haven't looked it up to see what it really looks like, but that's the <laughs> image I have in I kind of transported the, the inn to Aspen and... Put it there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, so you chose that and not the hotel from White Lotus. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there, there goes Fick factor in. And I, I mm-hmm. agree with him. It's not a, he, he didn't want this pigeon told as kind of some sort of ghost fantasy novel. Right. right? And so it's not like an overpowering thing, but they definitely do, do factor into the, the story. But it is yeah. kind of, we discussed this as well. It's, it's, um, it's, to me, less plot driven and more character driven. This oh. is an episodic look at this man's life. A hundred percent. From childhood until, you know, he's in his seventies. And yeah. so each chapter is kind of an episode and you can almost read them individually. Yeah. In a way, right? I felt that I commented that yeah. and not and I don't mean say this in a in a negative or bad way, but I felt like the chapters could be little short stories that right. have a very prominent through line. Right. That being Adam. Yeah. Um, but if you are, if you are a John Irving fan, if you have, you know, read and enjoyed his other works, you will love this. And he has said, this is his last novel. His last long novel, which is so, probably good. He's, he, he shoved a lot into it. He did. <laughs> he, he did not leave anything on the table. For sure. You know, I will let, let's just acknowledge that. Um, and again, I'm a John Irving fan mm-hmm. and I read him a lot when I was much younger. Um, and I find him very humorous and I love his character creation, his ability to c- create compelling and unique and odd characters. <laughs> um, this is a long book and yeah. a number of reviewers have commented that, you know, this could have been done in 700 pages or 500 pages, yes. which is probably true. But if you're a John Irving fan, you will probably probably love this. Yeah, and savor every page. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's one of the reasons why his books are made into such good movies. It's because there's so much material. (laughs) We were chatting before. This could be a Netflix streaming series, right? Yes. we're, We're throwing this out there. (laughs) <laughs> we'll write the screenplay <laughs> or he can write the screenplay we'll just, write. we'll just be credited as producers it, right it, yes okay. yeah we'll, we'll help you john irving <laughs> we'll help you bring this to netflix this is the last chairlift by john irving you can find it at the library or uh, in local bookstores it actually is, it's a good book it's just yeah prepared to spend some time with it absolutely <laughs> and we will be right back with our conversation oxygen a colorless Odorless reactive gas, the chemical element of atomic number 8 and the life-supporting component of the air. Starved. Suffering a severe and damaging lack of basic material and cultural benefits. Oxygen-starved podcast. A colorless, odorless, 
culture-packed, nutritious podcast considering books, describing Mono County adventure, and engaging in informative conversation with colorful Eastside Sierra locals. Download it now. Welcome back, listeners. We are at the conversation portion of our podcast, and today we have with us Dylan Whitmore, Mono County Probation Supervisor. Welcome, Dylan. Welcome, Dylan. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so happy that happy you be are here. <laughs> happy to be here as well. It's been a while. It's pre-COVID since I've seen you. I think, yeah, now that I think about it, I think that's correct. I know. It's, we, yeah. all, we, we all went underground, and then we came out, <laughs> right. and then we had all the snow, and we all went back <laughs> in right again. Right back in underground <laughs> again. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, it's nice that we're all out, and Dylan, that you're here today. So yeah. thanks so much for making some time. Well, thank you. And why don't we get started with you telling our listeners how you came to be in Mono County? <clears throat> yeah, um, basically came to be in Mono County, <laughs> not by choice. Um, <laughs> no, I was uh, born and raised here, um, born in Bishop, California. Uh, that was just because we couldn't be born in Mammoth at right? the time. I remember a lot of kids I grew up with were born on the grade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still remember the doctors down there, good old Dr. Eaton and Dr. Kobayashi. Uh, uh, Kobayashi. Dr. Yes. We all remember him. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Denton. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, and uh, so born and raised down in the Thompson area, specifically Aspen Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, was, uh, yeah, there from when I was born till I left after high school. And then uh, moved on to uh, college up in Northern California and uh, completed school up there at Chico, California. And then after that, did a small stint in San Diego. Kind of found that was, I enjoyed it, but kind of found that wasn't really my thing. Yeah. And then uh, moved back up here in 2006. Always went to college actually to be in law enforcement aspects uh-huh. of it, but mm-hmm. kind of happened into probation as life happens just randomly yeah. there. And yeah, been there ever since. That's well, great. What was it? So for our listeners, many of our listeners will recognize you know, Tom's Place in Aspen Springs. Some of them won't. Right. Um, can you tell us a little bit? I think it's one of the nicest little pockets of Mono County. It's kind of off the highway. Probably was on the highway at one time. <laughs> That's true. I mean, it's the yeah. old highway. Yeah. Can you tell us just a little bit about what it was like growing up? Right in that little area? Because it's kind of a unique little spot. It's not in town. It's not, you know. That it's that was actually surprising compared to what it is now. That that was that whole neighborhood was families when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's so much anymore. But yeah, pretty much every house that was there had children, and we all grew up together. And that was it was a fun place to grow up. Um, as you said, it was it's off the beaten path, you know. So we yeah, it was a little kind of got to do what we wanted to do. <laughs> you <laughs> know, mountain right behind your yeah, house. Yeah, no, it was fun. I mean, but it was it was a it was definitely you know not so much for us kids, but it was a lot of work. I know that. Yeah. Did you guys you know? have you know, it's it's a big ranch, like little ranch area. Did you guys have animals? We not uh, yeah. We had. Uh, I'm trying to remember what we had. We didn't. A lot of the neighbors had horses. Definitely a mm-hmm. lot of equestrian there. Um, yeah. We had goats. That's what I remember specifically. Nice. We had goats and chickens. Yeah. How yeah, we had a lot of goats. Not that I remember it. Yeah, I remember that. Was it Guinevere? I'm trying to remember their names. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. Go- I, I, that's I actually I love goats. Did you go to school? Did you go to school in Ma- in the Mammoth District at that point, yes. or were you? Yeah, we were in the Mammoth District okay. at that point, and uh, yeah, had the bus. The bus mm-hmm. came. That was the first. No, that was the yeah first and second. That was Sunny Slopes was the first or the last. Okay. So yeah, we had the bus, and uh, yeah. 
still, you know, still remember the bus drivers. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, sure, like, I'm sure like every kid, I still remember the drivers that we had, Judy King and Gary. And, oh, my uh, gosh. I'm sure you, you remember the name Judy. I, well, sure. She was a board member when I became principal. So, yeah. Judy got nicer with age. I'm going to tell you She that. did. <laughs> <laughs> but she was our bus driver, man. She was, uh, she was, she was pretty scary. <laughs> pretty I could, intimidating. I could totally see that. No, but, no, but she was a great, no, great people are her. And yeah, they're a great totally. woman. I really liked Judy a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Just funny. I just think of that whole area and there are other pockets of this in, in Mono County as well. It's like, kind of like where I grew up down in Bishop, so right. it wasn't quite the same, yeah. but you walk out your back door and you can walk out the door with your fishing pole mm-hmm. or your gun or your skis or your snowshoes because it's all literally right there you know and as a kid that's such a treasure to grow up with Mm. right totally yeah and you know it's just that familiarity and you know you you hear all it's very cliched but you know it's that that old kind of you know the the sheriff someone else you know remember haphazard you know chasing us down on our motorcycle (laughs) you know i mean i remember specifically running from him on our motorcycles and hiding in the house and my mom mom brings him in the house and you know it was just it was fun it was it was it was all very fun you know it is now right yeah i don't know know now back then it was fun familiar yeah, just, you know, you could cause some trouble, but it never really... Right. Yeah, it was fun trouble, I guess you could call it. Right. I don't know what you call it, but that's <laughs> that's the best word I have for it. And did they have ski PE back then? Like, yeah. did you go up to the mountain and ski as a kid a lot? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we had the ski PE and then, what was it, the mountain team, I think? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, it seemed like the mountain team was a little more serious and yeah. the ski PE was a little more uh, lax, I would yeah, say. totally. Yeah. I, I, I think I tried the mountain team. I was terrible, though. <laughs> and so I should have probably been in ski <laughs> Yeah, no, it was, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't good. No. <laughs> yeah. I remember the names like Johnny Teller and those people, you know, they're beating you by 20 seconds. You're like, what am I doing up here? <laughs> <laughs> he was an Olympian to be saying. fair. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying, yeah, there was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. No, the mountain was a fun, that was a, that was a fun little backyard thing. Do you think have. you always wanted to come end up back here as an you know as an adult? Was it always kind of a goal, or did it just kind of work out that way? I'd say split. I, I you know like anybody, I kind of had aspirations for other areas and wanted to explore other areas mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, but I mean, I, it kind of had everything I liked, so that's, yeah. that was yeah. So it was pretty easy to come back for that. Yeah, there was it had all the stuff that I enjoyed. So. And yeah. you, your family has a long history here. Yeah, I would so... Yeah, was, let me think. Yeah, my kids would be fourth generation here. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they'd be fourth generation. Is that is that kind of a trip? Like, do people, <laughs> like, know everywhere you go? Do you, people yeah. know who you are? Know, you know, because it's like royalty <laughs> Oh, here. I don't know about that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it, it's yeah, that's it's nice. It's cool. It's it's fun to have that kind of stuff. Fam- like, once again, it's that familiarity. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say I enjoy that for sure. That's you know, that knowing people and then having people know. Sometimes there, there can be some aspects that aren't good to that as well, but I enjoy that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah good. It's been fun, so... <laughs> and tell us, what do you do at in probation as a supervisor? What's what's that like up uh, here? Um, so essentially, you know, it's I mean, it's 
it's not like, how would I phrase this? It's like any smaller area or any smaller mm-hmm. department, or I'm sure in your guys' field as well. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not pigeonholed into one little thing. You're, you're doing a lot of different things, but nevertheless, um, you know, you're still doing a lot of probation work, you know, you're mm-hmm. not above that. Um, but then, you know, you're dealing with staff and different things like that and, you know, dealing with your justice partners and kind of mm-hmm. collaboration and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I would say it, you know, not going into a ton of specifics on that. Yeah. Do you, you work with more the adult side of probation? Yeah. I work with more of the adult side and then uh, my uh, counterpart, Jasmine Barkley handles, you know, more of the juvenile side. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me because I was on that committee. Mm -hmm. I think Stacey, you were on the committee. That's where I first met you, Dylan, is um, just the, the challenges that Mono County faces being rural and being spread out and that the county seat is in Bridgeport and a lot of the activity happens in Mammoth and just all the different little things you got, you guys have to manage as someone's going through that system was really eye opening to me. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, you get out of jail, do you, you don't have a car, you do, do you have a place to stay that night? Do you, and you're in a small town in the right. middle of nowhere. Um, and it's not phrasing that right. You know, you're in Bridgeport and it's mm-hmm. not, there's not a whole lot of resources there. That's a big challenge. That, and you, you, need, you often help those people through that process. Yeah. yeah, that would definitely be one of our number one obstacles for sure, um, is just trying to get people with resources that don't exist. Or if they do exist, they're very limited. Yeah. And yeah, that's a, it's, that's a, that's an everyday challenge for us for sure. Like you just said, you know, like a hypothetical, someone gets out of jail, they have nowhere to go. You got to help them, you know, find a place, warm place to stay, especially this time of year. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. Warm warm place to stay and where to go. And then they still have obligations that they have to abide by, you know? So, yeah, there's a lot to that. It's, yeah, we just, like in, I'm sure in everybody's fields here, there's just a, you know, we're missing a lot of uh, resources, all I could say. Yeah. So what happens in a situation like we just had (laughs) where 395 is closed for multiple days Mm -hmm. because of snow? And you have a somebody that you need to get to Bridgeport because they have to be in the jail or you know or they're re- being released and they want to leave. How? What you do you creative. do? <laughs> you get creative. <laughs> yeah, no, you do. You really do get creative. I've even seen, um, God, I've, I've even seen officers take. Uh, people, my God, I know of, I mean, I can't be specific at all about this, but take an individual all the way, you know, out into Nevada and all the way back. All the way around. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No. So I've, I've seen that. I've seen, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've even seen local law enforcement recently take a adult Uh um, to Inyo County because they couldn't go anywhere else, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. It's just, you know. Like I said, you just have to be creative. Yeah. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. And you can only do so much. And so at that point, you know, there are times that you kind of have to just, it is what it is. And yeah. Yeah. Not that you're going to, you know, bypass the law, but you can have to skirt certain things. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll keep that to the minimum. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, it's just, yeah, you can only do so much. Yeah. 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 So what is like to you, what is kind of the, perhaps like the biggest reward you get out of doing this work? Oh, um, I working with the people, working with, um, working with our clients, a hundred percent. That's yeah. definitely my favorite part of the whole job. Um, it's just, uh, it, it, people are, and everybody and us, everybody, including them, our lives are messy. People are messy. And I, I don't know. I find that to be fun to work with. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, it's just, you kind of see the raw side of people and that's, I enjoy that. 
That's good. Yeah, I love you know, that. Yeah. I love people are messy. It's so true. It's no, so are. brilliant. No, they're messy. And, and, and at that point, a lot of people, they've been, you know, they've, they've been stripped of their ego. They've been stripped yeah. of their pride. And at that point you kind of see the real side of people. Cause let's face it. Most people are walking around putting on an act, Yeah, yeah. you know? And so that is one aspect I do like about those people, you know, mm-hmm. the, the people we work with is that they're, they're kind of like, as I said, in their raw form. And right. Yeah. You kind of learn a lot about them and the real side of them. And yeah, I enjoy that. That's cool. We do tough. <laughs> yeah. No, it is tough. And I, I tough, think it but takes it's, a, but it's fun. Well, it takes a special person and a personality yeah. to be able to recognize that in people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked briefly in the last episode for that one book where we were talking about meth addicts and yes. yeah. how if you pass a meth addict on a street, you kind of, you judgment pigeonhole them into a certain stereotype. Yeah. But if you actually engage with them repeatedly, yeah. you know, as part oh, of your job, you realize they're a person and that yeah. they're kind of struggling and that they've got their issues and oh, it absolutely. makes you look at you got, Oh yeah, I'm just like two steps away from those same issues sometimes. Right. right? You know? Right. No. And that is, that's, that's funny. You said that. Cause I've had it. I've been, I've sat on interviews here. I've sat on uh, interviews in Inyo County for people coming into the profession. And that is, mm-hmm. that's my number one thing I tell them. I go, I just want to let you know that you are one decision away yeah. from being on the other side of the table. Right. Yeah. And just yep. remember that. And yes. I don't care who you are. I don't care what position you're in. You are one, right. one or two bad decisions away from being, yeah, in, in a position you and don't want to be sometimes in. it's not even a decision, but it's a circumstance. Absolutely. You know, right. one or two circumstances. Absolutely. We've all seen it happen. And, you know, it's just crushing that when it does. And life's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care who For you are. Sure. Certain aspects come into your life and make it difficult and... Yeah, it's, yeah. Some people can handle it. Some people can't. It's or you know, it, or how you handle it. It's, uh, yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah, it's all decisions. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's absolutely right. As one of my best friends' dad told us growing up, there's a lot of geniuses in prison. It's all about. Decisions. <laughs> it's all about decisions. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. So. Uh, so let's take it. Yeah. Let's go to a different tack here. Yeah. Well, what do you do? We talked a little bit about your job now. Yeah. <laughs> we can probably talk about that in a very deep way for a long time. But <laughs> let's actually flip it and say, what do you do in your free time when you're not working in probation? What do you, What about the Eastern Sierra that you you enjoy doing? Oh man, um, <laughs> I'm pretty basic. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> no, I, it's funny you say. I always joke. I always joke with my wife about this. I, I pretty much have three categories: uh, family, hunting, and health. There's my <laughs> there's my right. there's family, hunting, <laughs> and health. I can tell you that's that's uh, I've narrowed it down. I, with two kids, I kind of have to narrow it down. I like to explore other things and do yeah. other stuff. But you know, with the limited amount of time I have, those are the three things that I like to focus, and those are the three the three things that enrich my life the most. That's great. And so anything 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 that's around those three things, I can pretty much do, and I'm I'm happy. I, I have yeah. <laughs> do you, yeah, do you, you do you hunt all kinds of animals or do you stick to <laughs> deer or Quail. birds or yeah I, yeah pretty much everything yeah go yeah yeah well I have to because my husband is a hunter I have to are, do you bow hunt or do you hunt with a rifle uh I typically hunt with a bow yeah yeah for that and then hunt a lot of birds um and then uh yeah, I mean every aspect of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's just as, ever since I was a tiny, tiny kid. It's a, a very kid. short bow season. Yeah, that's isn't it? Very. Uh, yeah, it's typically three weeks. But yep. then yeah, I could go on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just depends on what you're doing. Yeah, depends on where you are in the. It depends on where you are in the country at that time. 
Yeah. And are, are you teaching the kids to? Yeah, my little girl, she's not, she likes to go with me, but I think she just likes to go for the adventure. She doesn't, yeah, she doesn't, she just likes going with me, which is fun. Yeah. I appreciate that. And then my son, he's just, he's six. So. Yeah, a little too young yeah, still. He just, yeah, he goes. Yeah. yeah we have fun. <laughs> we always yeah. went because my dad could never train his Springer Spaniels well in <laughs> the birds, so we were always sent out to pick up the ducks or the quail. Or, you know. That's too funny. Well, my, my husband keeps telling me, oh, well, I want you to go with me. You know, oh. you need to come with me. And I think the reason is, is that he wants me to go run and chase down whatever my, it is. My wife, yeah. My wife would not go with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have not yet. Yeah, we'll see. You're smart. <laughs> you're probably smart to not go. <laughs> I'm not sure if you'd enjoy it. Maybe you would. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, but yeah, I, no, there's a lot. Of, there's No, the adventure here is fun. There's a lot of adventure in Mono County that people don't even realize. There's a yeah. ton of stuff to do. Here yeah. Here. Yeah. And explore. And yeah. Oh, God. Absolutely. And east of here and, yeah, you know, out in Nevada. And there's just some, yeah, there's some wild places. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. There's some, yeah, I love that. Old ghost, oh, you know, the old towns out in Nevada and the old mines and, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I could spend hours, I could spend weeks out in those places yep. and mess around. Yeah, it's true. Some of the mines we have, we we tried to get up to Pine Creek. At one point, Mine yeah. at one yeah. point and we got snowed out, but. We'll yeah, get there. Or, or yeah. spark plug. I could name them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good old spark plug. Or yeah, another. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's in the summers. That's fun. Uh, yeah. There's just tons of stuff like that. Your kids like to hike. You guys do yeah, love oh, yeah. camping We're, and hiking. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. That's fun. Yeah, I mean the Sears are getting. I, they're getting a little crowded for me, but yeah, that's why we kind of like to head east. Maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Maybe I should tell people that. No, I mean, it is. It's just, yeah, you know, you start to, like, the trailheads out of Mammoth and whatnot. It's just, sometimes it's a little daunting. Yeah. When you go up there and there's no parking spaces, you're like, yeah, it's right. pretty wild. I, I think Granted, that's a lot of country. I think that's what's in, nice about living in a little South County, yeah, you yeah. know, like we do, because yeah. it's a little more open and, you know, right outside your door. Yeah. Like, I absolutely. don't have to drive up to, duck pass or you know right. and yeah. to hike that to get a good hike in it's, i mean i could go to rock creek canyon pretty much yeah every other day right <laughs> exactly no it's beautiful up there but i think to your point i also find uh you know growing up here when i grew up you know all orientation was kind of towards the sierra my dad hunted as well yeah. there was some stuff we would do in the whites but you know right hardly ever and it's only since coming back and exploring in the last few years that we discover like you know the stuff in nevada is Gorgeous, like the mountains, oh, mm-hmm. the terrain. Yeah. The, it, it's really stunning over there. And I don't know that a lot of people appreciate that. No, they don't, because when you go out there, you don't see any. Right. See any. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been in a lot of mountain ranges out there, never seen another soul. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, the whites, oh man, the whites. Yeah. I'm beautiful. Huge, I'm a huge fan of the whites. Yeah. The whites is an amazing mountain range. And once again, the ex- exploration up there is, which are, yeah, you should look up. Yeah, there was a there's this horse that died up there recently. You should look that up. That was a there was a I don't know if you guys are mm-hmm. been, so there was this black horse up there. It was that well you know you know Campito the mountain uh-huh. correct yeah. yeah yeah. So they named this horse this black horse Campito. Well, we'd been see, I mean we've been seeing this horse for wild horse wild horse yeah. So in the winter so in the winter no one knows where it went yeah. And in the summers we'd always see it up yeah. there when we'd go up to hunt and hike and do whatever we did up there. And yeah, that apparently we just I just got word that it, it passed away after. 30, oh. 30 years up there. <gasps> wow. Yeah, 
naked. There was a Facebook page for oh, those celebrities. It was pretty, it, I mean, for us guys, yeah. it was a celebrity. But That's yeah, no, cool. it was, I just had to share that story because, yeah, it was just a friend sent me an article and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Aww. Yeah, we've been seeing that thing for 30 have you ever, you ever seen it? Yeah, 30 years. Yeah, yeah wow. Trip. You, could, you could Google it. Yeah, look up Campito. I promise you it'll come up with something. We'll look it up. Yeah. We'll put the link on our show page. Link on our show page. Yeah. For and sure. Then, and then coming from the, the backside there. Yeah, a lot of people see this side, but if you come in from the Fish Lake side, man, there's some exploration there too. Yeah. All yeah. Those, oh, God, Lighty Canyon. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, it is pretty. And, the, you know, the, the wild horses are out there still and the bighorn sheep that yeah, you can see. Right. And it, it is really neat. Yeah. And yours is a whole nother spot. Maybe we shouldn't be divulging <laughs> all this. Maybe we shouldn't be saying it, but... Yeah, I know the Inyos is another spot we've been exploring a lot in the yeah. past yeah. 10 years. And yeah. There's, There's so much to see, so yeah. much to do. Yeah. So Dylan, yeah. what book are you reading now? What are you reading now? It just, might not be a book. Yeah. Just started, <laughs> I'm just getting into uh, Empire of the Summer Moon by S.E. Gwynn. It's, uh, I, I can't expound on it too much because I'm not that far into it, <laughs> but it's, uh, from what I'm reading, it's been referred to me, uh, actually my father and his friend told me about it. Um, it's, uh, you know, kind of the westward expansion It's some, uh, about the Comanches. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So, so far it's been a good book. I can't say too much about it yet, but it's, it's enjoyable so far. Is that a preferred, you know, nonfiction, but like that subject matter, is that something that you like to read about the most or? Uh, I mean, definitely nonfiction um, is my preferred reading. Um, I prefer, I love anything nonfiction, you know, adventure, you know, stories of hardship, Mm -hmm. you know, overcoming hardship. Um, You know, like, yeah, those are definitely my preferred book. This is, you know, not my, yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm not well read in this topic. So I I will, I'll know after this book. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I can tell you, we have, we have copies in the library. Came out about a decade ago. It was nominated for a Pulitzer what and a national, this book. Oh, book. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to mention Na- another book. Oh, no, 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 National Book Critics Circle Award. So this is a book that came out to quite a bit of, of attention for a nonfiction yeah. book. And mm-hmm. um, I'm just looking at the publisher blurb right now because I can Google while you talk. <laughs> um, you know, one of the part of the blurbs is, although readers may be more familiar with the tribal names Apache and Sioux, it was in fact the legendary fighting ability of the Comanches exactly. mm-hmm. that determined when the American West opened up and Comanche boys became adept bareback riders by age six. Full Comanche braves were considered the best horsemen who ever rode. So I think there's a lot of, probably some really compelling elements to what you're right. reading that yeah. we can learn, yeah. learn from. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff I've read so far is, I mean, the book's pretty brutal, so there's been some brutal stuff so far. <laughs> I will tell you, it's pretty descriptive. Yeah. Yeah, so far. Cool. But yeah, it's uh, that. that's that. And then, God, I'm trying to think, though, prior to that, I've been reading... Actually, prior to that, I kind of went on a little Sebastian Younger kick. I kind of enjoyed his yeah. stuff. Okay. He's a great yeah. writer. Yeah, I was enjoying some of his stuff. I got. I would like to maybe look... I'm trying to see what... I don't know what books I have remaining in his. I think Freedoms, I haven't read that yet. Mm-hmm. I read tri- a tribe that was like, that's a pretty quick read though. And so, yeah. yeah, but that was kind of the kick I went on before this. I really enjoy him a lot. Yeah. I think we talked about him. Have we talked about him on the podcast? I don't think we have. Well, we'll have to, we have. we'll have okay. to perfect. put we that in the perfect queue. Storm? No. Okay. Well, so. we'll have to add that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then what was, is it, yeah, what is it? War? He's done a lot of, yeah. It, he did it, war. He did war. Tribe, freedom. Yeah. The death of Belmont. And then he was a part of, I don't think, was Restrepo a book or was that a movie? I think uh, Restrepo, sure. I believe I did read Restrepo. I know it was a movie as well. That's where I'm getting confused on that. 
yeah, no, he's just a really interesting. I like, I've listened to a lot of interviews of his and I really like his well-balanced view of things. Yeah. Yeah. He's an, he's an interesting man to listen to. Yeah. I I encourage people to listen to stuff. If you haven't listened to him, like I said, he's, you know, to reiterate, he's well-balanced in my opinion. He's kind of sees both sides and has a really interesting look at things. Do you listen to books on, you know, like audible books or... I, I mean, you I can't don't. really say books on tape anymore. No, you can't. No. We're dating I, ourselves. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, it's funny. I was just talking to my, my, my chief about this this week. Uh, we were talking about books. And mm-hmm. yeah, she was like telling me, you know, the electronic, I, 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 I like a real book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, I can't do the Kindle. I, I, I like, we a, should, I we like should, a real book in my hand. We should take a poll because it's, it's a very polarized yeah. uh, view from all the guests that we've had when we get oh, really? into to that, whether they like a book or an electronic. And it seems yeah. like the people that like books are extremely passionate and <laughs> dug in. They want a book. And if you're a, a <laughs> Kindle electronic person, you could go kind of eat. You're a little oh. more wishy-washy. Yeah, I'll pass. I've never even tried it, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> it just, yeah, it just doesn't even catch my interest to read one on a Kindle. I but like yeah. I like the traditionalist. I like I mean, That's good. pretty traditional. We just, things. I will say we just talked about an 800-plus page book. So yeah. um, I'm getting to the age where 800 pages is too big to hold up at night yeah. when I'm falling asleep. So <laughs> I don't know what it's in me. I don't know what the, the psychology of There's probably got to be some psychology to it where I also like seeing my progress. Yeah, no, yeah, I get it. Totally. I do that. We yeah. talked about this in dog earing books. Yes. I like really? to dog right. ear my own personal books because yeah. I can see how far yeah. I yeah. stopped. <laughs> yeah, so there's, I don't know, there's something about that. I, I know that where I can look at it and be like, oh man, I'm making progress. <laughs> I, I like I a like book. That. I like a real book. Me too. But. I like the electronic book because I don't like to wear reading glasses at night and I can make the font bigger. <laughs> And I it all boils down to the fun. And I can't do audio if I, yeah, I just don't have the attention span for yeah. audio books. If I'm trying to do an audio book, I'll be off in La La Land thinking of something else. So yeah, I got to read. Yeah, it helps focus. Yeah. yeah. You're holding something and yeah. you're interacting with it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But I'll tell you, it's, I, I struggle to read in the sense of just with the kids and, and yeah. it's, I, it's not, not easy at this point in life. Hard to find the time. Hard to find the time. And, you know, and then you also have that temptation of vegging out on the couch to some <laughs> mindless TV, you know, so that, that, that I could, I can fall into that temptation as well sometimes. Well, it's yeah. good that you do it and that you do it at home so your kids see it. I, yeah. I grew up watching my dad read nonfiction and that's why I'm a nonfiction reader. So, okay. you know, yeah. I think it's, I think it's a good behavior to it's, model. It's really important to model that yeah. for yeah. sure. And your wife's a teacher. I'm I sure know. she encourages that too. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're trying. <laughs> We're trying. Those kids also have their temptations now too. So. Oh, I know too many, uh, too many. Unfortunately, but that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, I don't want to go into. Yeah, you talk about, yeah, I could go on for that way too long. Yeah, you don't, you don't, want to, you don't want me going on that one. Uh, we'll have you back, <laughs> yeah. Dylan. For sure. Thank you for spending time with us yes, today. Thank this you. Is a great conversation. Oh, thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah, we appreciate you coming in today. So, I appreciate thanks. it as well, you guys. New slice of life. Uh, and thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of the Oxygen Starved Podcast, Adventure Books and Conversation from 11,000 Feet. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode. In the meantime, again, you don't have to have written down any of these titles or topics. We'll put them all on our show page and Instagram account. 
O2Starved. And you can find us at our website or listen to us on our website, oxygenstarvedpodcast.com. There's a contact link where you can email us your feedback or titles you think we should be reading or your reaction to the titles we talk about. In the meantime, it's winter time. Take it easy. Drive slowly. Watch for the car in front of you. Watch for falling icicles. Watch for people putting on <laughs> chains. Um, and, and just enjoy. Enjoy. And we will see you in the next episode. Take Bye-bye. care. Thanks for joining us here for Oxygen Star. Our outro music, Iron Bacon, is composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. Incompetech.com, Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.